Today is Friday, August 13th, 2021. Instead of failure becoming the outcome, failure became not trying. And it forced me at a young age to want to put myself so much further out of my comfort zone. Sarah Blakely. You're listening to episode 255, Money Mindset with Mary Tringale. And I used to write letters to my mom all the time when I would misbehave and I'd apologize to her in a letter because I didn't actually like I didn't really have the courage to go up to her and be like, I'm I'm really sorry, mom. Um, I didn't want to see her disappointment. Right. We don't want to face that disappointment. So it was I said, okay, I'm going to write a letter to money apologizing for my behavior. And as I started writing out this letter. It suddenly dawned on me that I was in an incredibly toxic relationship with money and it was 1000% my own fault. This is the dance of life. My name is Tudor Alexander and we are going to go on a journey to hack your mind, body and soul for living your best life yet. Tune in every week to learn something new, grow, and get inspired as we discover the secrets of success and practice the art of fulfillment. And if it's one thing I hope you learn from today, it's that your life is a dance. And just like any dance, you can learn to dance it well. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the show. Thanks so much for being here with me today on Friday, August 13th, Friday the 13th. Nice unlucky day or lucky depending on how you relate to the number 13. But we're going to be talking about something very important that's even more important than luck, which is money and money mindset because you can make your own luck if you have the right mindset. Today my guest is going to help us with that. Her name is Mary and she is an accountability and mindset coach who specializes in money mindset. After her own life-changing transformation, she was able to find grace through grief and turn financial struggle into a new empowering opportunity through the founding of the Aligned and Empowered Project, a 16-week group coaching program that helps women implement daily habits that lead to massive impact. Mary currently resides in Portland, Maine, where she works full-time as the events and sponsorship manager at Winter Kids. Prior to Maine, she worked in the magazine industry for seven and a half years in New York City where she landed after college in her hometown of Boston. Mary was the founding president of the Maine Women's Conference and continues to help others create life-changing experiences through one-on-one coaching and support. She's an avid outdoor enthusiast dedicated to walking outside every day, no matter what. She also enjoys skiing in the winter and kayaking in the summer. If you want to get in touch with Mary, you can check her out on Instagram. She's mary.teresa.com. Tringale. It's spelled T-R-I-N-G-A-L-E. And I'm going to link it all on the show notes for this episode. Again, it's episode 255. You can check out all the episodes, all their show notes at danceoflife.com slash podcast. I'm excited to have her on the show. You know, especially money mindset is so important. We don't talk about it enough. I have a lot of different topics and I certainly have a lot of, had a lot of people that are financial experts and we can talk about these things, but I feel like we haven't talked about it in a little while, so I'm happy to have her on the show. And 
we're going to be talking about money stories, money narratives. You know, what are you telling yourself about money, your relationship to money, the habits that you have around money, how to live in abundance, how to use the law of attraction, all these wonderful things that are so important. You know, uh, money is not everything, but it can help you with a lot of things. So this is why it's important to have a good relationship with money. I'm excited to have her on the show. We're just about to jump into this. But make sure you hit that subscribe button, share, leave a review, like, sing it from the rooftops, whatever you need to do if you feel inspired to do so. Thank you so much for being here. Let's do this. Episode 255, Money Mindset with Mary Tringale. Thanks for joining me on the show. I'm so excited. Like I said, before we started recording, I'm really psyched to have you on the show. We haven't had somebody talk uh, about money mindset, money habits, you know, the money stories we tell ourselves, all these wonderful things we're going to get to and more, you know, I think they're so important, especially now, obviously with everything that's happened, right? I mean, it's just been, uh, I'm sure you felt it. Everybody's felt it at some point, regardless of your financial situation. I think scarcity has been a theme in the last year and a half with, with the control and the fear and everything that's happened, definitely that's been in the air. So I think this is always relevant, but more relevant than ever right now to talk about it. So welcome. (laughs) That's my extra long introduction for you. Welcome. Uh, Good to have you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me. And yeah, it's funny. You talk about scarcity. It's unless somebody teaches you what that even means, it's really easy to go through life in that mindset and not even know that that's where you are Yeah, and living, coming from that scarcity space and not knowing it, not having awareness around that. It can be so detrimental. So in so many different areas of your life, not just in finances, right? So it's a really, really important conversation to have and also be open to, um, because you can't change if you aren't aware of the things that you're telling yourself for sure, for sure, for sure. And especially when it comes to money, you don't even know, you know, and with money, yeah. I always say to me, money is just energy and your mm-hmm. relationship to money is really your relationship to everything else. I think, because ultimately mm-hmm. money is just a, an extension of everything else. It's just a, a form of energy. And we have so many, um, you know, rules and stories and ways that we behave around money that I think looking at your relationship with money can really help you understand your inner workings too. Like how are you relating to life in general? Cause money, I mean, obviously money isn't everything to life, but money is a big part of creating the world you want and enjoying also life too. Money is important. It's also part of confidence to some degree, not that you should tie your confidence exactly to your paycheck or your balance, but I think being able to earn what you feel you deserve is an important piece to the confidence conversation. You know what I mean? And so, yeah. Uh, yeah. You just said so many things that I wanted to do, but you kept saying <laughs> go, so many go more things. Go so, for it. Attack yeah, them all. I would say, <laughs> yes. Um, you know, for, so the first thing that I think it's really important for all of us to understand is that, like you said, money is not a bad thing. You need money to survive. You just do. 
You need money to survive. And the sooner that we, just like food, you need food to, to survive. And the sooner that we can, and that's why so many of us have, it's really interesting that so many of us have bad relationships with either food or money mm. or both, right? That have to be worked through. They're two, and also humans, right? Like having relationship with humans are also a necessary thing is a necessity of life. So those are the things that we need the most help with often. There's so many, you know, there's a lot of different types of experts and coaches who will help you with nutrition and health and wellness. And I think that we can also look for support from money coaches and people who specialize with that in that kind of thing, whether that's the making of the money or the how you actually spend and invest your money or the in-between, as I like to call it, which is that energy that you spoke of. Um, but I think, you know, my biggest aha with moment with money, and I've struggled with money for a really, really long time. And I keep having these aha moments, <laughs> even today, like this week, I had a big aha moment while I was on That's a walk. That's good. It means you keep, and, you keep learning. Yeah, You're no, a life student. <laughs> ex exactly. I mean, the thing is that this inner work, this mindset work that, that, we have to do in order to level up in our lives, it never ends because it's just like, a, it's like an onion. Every time you peel away a new story, you discover a new thing about yourself. You build awareness around this story, belief system, um, fixed mindset that you have, you peel away that layer and there's just another one under there. Oh, it's yeah. just deeper. It's bigger. It's more, it's more. So one, I would say that you know, my money, my story with starting to heal my relationship with money was when I truly did finally, finally understand that money is so much more than the tangible dollar bills that are either in your pocket or in your bank account. You know, I, for so long, it was for me, I was like, well, money is only either what I have in my wallet, in my piggy bank, or what I can take out of an ATM. Mm. Right. And it's truly, truly, truly so much more than that. And I had, I remember specifically one day that I was sitting in my room working through, you know, journaling, trying, trying to do the money stories, reading the money books. And it finally dawned on me that if money was a human, which we can consider that because it's energy just like us. And if money was a human and I was in a relationship with, money and I wanted to heal my relationship with money, just like if money was a human, how would I heal a relationship with a human being? Well, I probably need to have a conversation with that human being to apologize for my bad behavior. Correct. But then we're like, Oh, I don't really want to have that conversation with that person because then they get to talk back to me. <laughs> and so what's the answer to that? You write a letter. And I used to write letters to my mom all the time when I would misbehave and I'd apologize to her in a letter because I didn't actually, like, I didn't really have the courage to go up to her yeah, and be like, I'm, I'm really sorry, mom. Um, I didn't want to see her disappointment, right? We don't want to face that disappointment. So it was, I said, okay, I'm going to write a letter to money apologizing for my behavior. And as I started writing out this letter, <laughs> It suddenly dawned on me that I was in an incredibly toxic relationship with money and it was 1000% my own fault. Hmm. 
whenever money wasn't around, I was, I was pissed that it wasn't around. I was always wishing for it to be back, come back to me. As soon as it showed up, I sent it on its way to go do this, that, and the next thing. And I wasn't actually paying attention to where I was sending it to go away. Then all of a sudden it was no longer around and I was pissed that it wasn't here anymore. So it was never enough. It never showed up on time. It never was more than I needed. It just was always never enough for me. If that was a person and you said to your friend, let's just change the name from money to Holly. Holly's my best friend. And I was just texting with her. So we'll just pretend. <laughs> poor Holly. Okay, She's Holly. <laughs> poor Holly. Oh, Holly, what the hell? Why are you not here yet? You said you were going to be here. You're not here. I'm supposed to trust you that you're here and you're not here. What the hell? Holly shows up and she's like, here I am. And I'm like, great. Can you go get my laundry over here? And can you go to the supermarket over here? And can you go buy me dinner over here at this restaurant? And can you just go over? I just need it. Like, take me over to get my nails done. Take me over here. I don't even know what we're going to do over here, but I just want you to go over here too. And I, you're going to go over there and, and then you're going to go. And then Holly comes back and she's like, I'm so exhausted. I have nothing left. I have to go away again. And I'm like, well, what the hell, Holly? You weren't here long enough. You weren't, you didn't even want to hang out with me, but it wasn't Holly's fault. I didn't want to hang out with Holly. Hmm. I sent Holly to do all these things for me. I don't even know what half the things are that I had her do. Until I actually take the time to look at the receipts of all the things I went to sent her on her way to go do, I actually have no idea where she went. And then as soon as like I just could completely deplete, depleted her energy so that she disappeared. And now I'm pissed that she wasn't she didn't have enough energy for me. Who wants to hang out with that person? Holly doesn't want to be my friend. Right. She does keep showing up for me, which I'm totally ungrateful for because she shows up for me every week in form of a paycheck. Right. Because that's her obligation to me, quote unquote. And every time she shows up, I never show her gratitude. I never hang out with her. I never like have a conversation with her. And once I realized that I was in that kind of a relationship, I was like, I wouldn't want to be in a relationship with me either. I wouldn't want to hang out with me either. I wouldn't want to show up and surprise me with a new raise or a new bonus or here's five bucks for you. Because actually five bucks wasn't enough for me. Hmm. I was never grateful for even the littlest. Find a penny on the ground? No, I'm not going to pick it up. That's not enough. Maybe if it was a 20, but a penny? No, no, no. And it's, so it's just like, yeah. Yeah. I was going to say, it's so funny how uh, we get into these rackets where we self-sabotaging, you know, I, I hundred percent agree with everything you just said. I've actually written exactly <laughs> about everything you just said, which is uh, treating money as a person. I have a whole chapter in mm -hmm. one of my books, exactly about exactly the way you just articulated, which I, I love because it's so true. If we can treat money as a person, and, you know, what is that relationship like? Is it abusive? Is it, you know, is it based on gratitude? Is it based on, you know, like, are you the jealous lover type where if money's going to go hang out with somebody else really quick, you're going to not let them go out of your sights, you know, that kind of thing. And it just, it's so funny yeah. because we tend to think, like you said, where money is just this inanimate, um, you know, whatever stuff in my bank account, this number, but it's really not. It's, 
it's an energetical no. force that you have a relationship with. That's really important. Yeah. But to your, but to your point really think, quick. Oh, oh, go ahead. Your point of quick, really quick yeah. about what you said, because I kind of trailed off. But to your point, what you said about finding money on the ground, mm. you know, it's it's so, what I was saying is we get into these traps where we, we only, we justify like when shit doesn't go right, you know, and then when stuff does happen and you find that 25 cents on the ground or, you know, you get maybe, you know, a $2 discount on your groceries and you didn't expect it. You, you just ignore it. Right. You don't create the evidence. You don't say, Oh, money works for me so well, or money comes easily into my life. But when you get charged extra $2 that you don't expect, Oh man, I'm getting ripped off every, you know, every place. So you were always accumulating these bad habits and mindsets, you know? Yeah. Right. So the, um, speaking of habits, so the first thing and just going, I'm going to come back to everything you just said. So the first habit that I've now gotten into just going back to the story, the writing of the letter is that now I write, I wrote a apology letter. First of all, money. I'm so sorry. (laughs) I'm so sorry. I'd never treated you well. I'm so just like they were a human, right? Like apologize and take radical responsibility for every single thing. And I wrote, I mean, there's still days if I feel like I'm getting, you know, it back into that mindset, I'll write that letter to money. But the habit that I've actually taken on, especially on the days that I spend big money, that I'm sending money away, I write a letter to money and I say, money, thanks so much for being here so that I can pay for fill in the blank. I know that you're going to do amazing things where I'm sending you. And I know that this is going to be elevating somebody else's life and raising the vibe somewhere else for somebody else to impact the world. And I know that by me paying, and it doesn't matter what you're paying, me paying a bill, me paying the IRS for taxes, me paying for a new coach, me paying for some equip, a new computer. I know that you money because your energy, you're not just going to wherever you're going to, I'm sending you, you're going to keep on going and you're going to keep on creating and keep on impacting. And I have that conversation with money every time I send it on its way. And that has been such a powerful, high vibe, energetic practice for me. And going back now to what you were saying about we don't see the value in the everyday little exchanges of energy that the universe is giving us um, as, as that's where we're living in that lack space. Right. And we're not living in abundance if we can't actually see how the universe is constantly giving to us. And what I'd like to say about you walking by the two, the penny on the ground or not being appreciative of the sudden $2 discount or whatever, is that the universe is basically testing you to see if you can be grateful for the small stuff. Yeah. Because if you can't be grateful for the small stuff, how the hell are you going to handle the big stuff? You can't. So the other piece that I, and maybe this will help somebody in your audience. The other thing that really helped me see that money is energy. It was very similar. I don't know if it was the same day I wrote this letter or another day, but all within the same time that I was doing this work, I, remember looking at my bank account and being like, okay, I need to start actually paying attention to where all my money goes. And I'm looking at my bank account is maybe 48 hours after payday and the money's gone. And I'm like, oh where gosh. did all the money We've go? We've all been there. Where did it go? Yeah, of course. Where did the money go? 
And I'm sitting there. I'm like, I don't even understand. How did the, all this money go away? I'm so good at spending money. I'm so good at my budget, blah, 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 blah. And then I look up on my bed and there is a shopping bag from Athleta full of new clothes that probably cost about $200. And I look at that and I go, that's where my money is. And then I look around my room and I say, oh, here's the new water bottle I just bought for $30. Here's this new notebook I just bought, this new journal I just bought for 12 bucks. Oh, here, oh, I just spent $100 in groceries. That's where that money is. And suddenly it was like, truly energy is money. Just because you don't have the dollar bills or the change in your hand doesn't mean the money's not still with you actually. The money is just now taken on a different form. Like this stapler is one of those special staplers that I love. So I put spent extra, I invested in this stapler. Is that an automatic stapler costs, or what is that? It's just like a fancy state. I don't, it's just different. It just feels oh. really good, but it's like, it like comes down and doesn't click until I, I have no idea how to explain it to you, but <laughs> it's just a fancy spit. It costs a little bit more than your average stapler. Yeah. So, but I get to look at the stapler and be like, okay, so this stapler might cost 20 bucks. There's 20 bucks right here, right? This microphone, if I had bought it, we already talked about how I didn't actually pay for it, but still it's like a gift of yeah. like, I mean, how much is this microphone? Somebody this bought it a, at some point, right? It's money occupied. Somebody space. bought it. So it's like, yeah. totally, it's just like 200 bucks. I don't know. So that's already like 220 bucks right in front of my face. Without even counting the, the computer that I have in front of me is $1,300. Like I, and I have another, my work computer underneath it. I probably have just within my, my desk on my desk right now, at least $2,500. Hmm. And when you can come into that space and say, money didn't leave me, it's actually still all around me. I'm literally surrounded by money. It's just not cash or change or a dollar, the dollar amount in my bank account. And wow. if you really wanted to see it the same way as your bank account, add it all up, add it all up, come up with a figure and put that number on a sticky note right in front of you. I have $3,000 right here. Wow. That's really and what cool. an incredible, yeah. And what an incredible way to live in abundance instead of lack, right? Like instantly I went from this mindset of lack to holy shit. I am so, I hope it's okay to swear on your show. You're fine. Yeah. <laughs> okay. That's what um, the explicit rating I'm is for. <laughs> okay. Um, I am surrounded by thousands of dollars right now. And it's such a more way more powerful way to live every single day. That's really crazy. I never even thought about it like that. That's a great way to think about it. I love that. That is really cool because it's yeah. right. I mean, and it's like, it's right in front of you. I mean, it's all around you, right? You got thousands of dollars. I mean, even your bedroom, your bed, your mattress, your fucking house. If I mean, you had to else, sell... Right? Right. I mean, when you're thinking, looking and you're like, I have to move out of my apartment because I can't pay my rent. Do you? What do you have all around you that you could sell right now? Even if you had to sell it for a fraction of what you paid. Been there and done that before, you, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. If you have, I mean. Several times. I bet you could find, I bet you could find money instantly, instantly. And 
if you had to start looking into all the things that you do own that you could sell, you could, you could figure it out or at least most people could. I do know that there's people who legit can't do that, but yeah. And it's so crazy. Like I just feel that it's so funny because our minds will constantly spin a narrative about your financial status, right? Based on the the information on the ground. Like, okay, well, shit, my bank account, uh, you know, has this much in it and I just got paid and I have like another 10 days until payday. Like, oh shit, you know, or whatever. I got something bills and, and based off of the information that it's an analyzing, it's coming up with an emotion like panic or fear or, you know, whatever else, right? And you get stingy. And, and the problem is I find is that our brains factor out like 99% of the other information going around that you have no idea how it's going to happen. You have no idea who's going to come into your life, who you're going to bump into, who's going to give you a call, who you might find, you know, randomly on the street that might reconnect and somehow something happens. I mean, there's so much shit going on that is absolutely impossible for your mind to connect to when it's creating its analysis. And so, I mean, in my, especially as an entrepreneur, I'm sure maybe you can relate to this because, you know, when you're an entrepreneur, like you, you know, it's all on you. It's up and down all the time and shit can change overnight, whether it's good or bad, you know? Mm -hmm. So, uh, so to me, I've only said this and I've said this several times that entrepreneurism is a very spiritual experience in the sense that you really have to, you really have to be in your abundance. You have to be, you know, in your gratitude, in your, you got to get out of your money stories. You have to be in that vibe if you want to be successful, because uh, 99% of the information, again, we root out. And there's so many things that can change. Literally, I, I can't tell you how many times in my life, especially in the, my career as being an entrepreneur the last several years, how many times my mood has gone from, oh, fuck, I'm, I'm literally going to like be homeless to, holy shit, I was safe all along <laughs> to, oh, fuck, yeah. I'm going to be homeless. Oh, wow. Actually, that was just stupid. Why was I worried about that? Like literally like back to back, you know, just no, no transition from literally from zero to, you know, hundred miles an hour. And it's just so crazy because in the end it's, it's all just in your head, man. I mean, things work out. So all you got to do is align with, align with that mindset, yeah. align with that prosperity, align with the, you know, the yeah. good stuff and it's there. Well, it's funny that you say that all you have to do <laughs> Yeah, because it, it takes that's so all, yeah, much easy. work. Right. Yeah. For I mean, sure. that's 100%. why there's people. Yeah. Yeah. That's why there's people like me who are mindset coaches that it's, it's just, it takes so much. I'm still in the work. I have a mindset coach. My mindset coach has a mindset coach. Like we all still, it's a continuation. It's yeah. always working on the stories. Um, you know, we say there's a, you have to trust when you're an entrepreneur, especially when you're just starting out, you have to trust that you're here in this moment for a reason, meaning the entrepreneur, the beginnings of being an entrepreneur and building a business. You were given an idea from the universe, from God, from source, whoever your person, your thing is that you believe in or nothing, but you were given an idea. You were given an inspiration that you were meant to be a entrepreneur in fill in the blank way. So that is no accident. And we like to say in my little world that the universe is no dumbass and yeah. <laughs> it's giving you exactly what you're supposed to have at all times. So that includes 
like if the finances are not working out in that exact moment, there's a reason for it. So there's a huge amount of trust and the story we like to tell ourselves and the the place that we like to, the belief system that we like to have. And by we, I mean, this little community that I have um, where we're constantly working on our mindset is that what if the universe totally a hundred percent had your back? What if whatever you are right now, whatever struggle you're having financially in your world, if it's financial or a relationship or whatever other things that you might have going on, what if you were meant to be in this exact spot and that you were completely safe and that everything was going to work out exactly the way it was supposed to and that you actually were absolutely 100% A-OK right now, right here, right where you were? What if? Just live in that space for like a minute. And how does that feel? And what would that look like for you? Um, it's a really powerful experience. And I would go a step further and encourage you to journal on what that question. What if the universe 110% had my back? I had nothing to worry about. What would I do next? How would I live? How would I be? And um, it's a, it, to me, it's just like a really powerful tool, especially for those of us who are living in this space of like, I'm just going to go for it. I have no idea what's going to happen. I have no net below me to save me. I have to figure this out. I have to trust that the universe is going to give me everything that I need to make this happen for myself. And have you um, heard of the book, The Surrender Experiment? No, I haven't. What's it about? It is an amazing book and it's really, it's a story and um, I can't think of the author right now. Um, I'm going to look it up while we're chatting, but it is basically his story about how he literally had, he started meditating and he had this incredible meditative experience that he decided that's all he ever wanted for his life. He wow. only wanted to be in a meditative space state forever. He sold everything. He, he lived in as little bit as he possibly could. Um, and because all he wanted to do was be in that trance space that he gets to when he was doing meditation but what happened was that he kept getting messages that he was supposed to do something else. Mm. And he just lived in this. He committed to surrendering to whatever came up for him. And what came up for him was turned him into a multimillionaire. Wow. <laughs> and also it turned him into it. I, I don't actually want to give away the whole story, but sure, yeah. just to say that like, he lived in complete and total abundance at all times because he trusted that the universe was always going to give him exactly what he needed. Hmm. And when he, like I say, multi-millionaire, like he didn't even hold on to that money. He kept giving it away because he didn't want to live in that space. Yeah. So it's actually, it's an incredible story. I listened to it on audible instead of reading it. And I usually read my self-help books, but um, because his voice is so soothing and it, it really is just a story. It's just his story and it's really beautiful. And it's a really great reminder of what it's, it's a great understanding of what surrender actually looks like and trust. 
and what can happen when you do those things and just trust that everything's going to work out because sometimes when we're not trusting, we aren't open to receiving and people are like the, the message is trying to come through and we're not listening. Yeah. And because we're not surrendering and allowing ourselves the time and space to hear what the, what the universe is trying to tell us, we aren't receiving the message and therefore we're missing out. And someday it's going to come in the form of something you don't want it to come in the form of. So for example, one of the, I, I run this, um, 16 week long program for women called the aligned and empowered project. And one of the girls in the program has gotten, she's a grad. So she's actually been doing this work for a year now. And she got to a point that she was like, I think that one of my new habits needs to be like a being time, like of me doing nothing and just slowing down because I'm constantly go, 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 go. And I'm wearing myself into the ground. So she like she still with every day that she would check in, she'd be like, I I'm really struggling with this being time. I just can't sit still. I can't blah, 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 blah. So what happened was she stepped on an earring an Ooh. earring, like a small little teeny tiny earring, which you step on that and you're like, Oh, ow, no big deal. Right. Oof. No, it turned into a full blown infection wow. that has now basically she can't stand on her foot and she can't, Isn't she can't that walk. Funny? Isn't, Isn't that, that crazy? It always works that way. I swear to God, you, you always attract problems that, I mean, it's, I hate to say it. I hate to say it, but I really do feel that the problems that come into our lives are there to teach us a spiritual lesson. They really well, are. This and, is where we say that, um, this is where we say that the universe is no dumbass. Yeah. <laughs> The universe gave her that she had been asking to slow down, but not actually taking, not actually doing the work. And the universe was like, all right, here you go. So (laughs) I have a friend who says, you know, the universe tries to give you, give you information, give you messages. It'll start with a whisper. And if you don't stop to listen to it. So in the whisper, it's a whisper. So if you're, if you're trying to hear a whisper, you have to to learn to listen for whispers. (laughs) You got to stop what you're doing. You can't be talking. You have to stop what you're doing and you have to pause and listen. But if you're not allowing yourself that time, so whether it's through meditation, I'm a huge advocate for walking oh, and yeah, walking without 100%. music or anything. I yeah. Love I walk walks. every single day. I've been, yeah, I've been walking every single day for 45 minutes a day since June, 2019. Wow. Uh, nice. No matter what. And I live in Maine. So even oh, in wow. blizzards. Even um, in a blizzard, yeah. <laughs> what you just oh, take? Oh hell your, yeah! There's I no. I mean, you have a giant coat on, oh, yeah. or what's the snowshoes? Yeah. Oh hell yeah! Nice. We, I mean, in Maine, we say there's no such thing as bad weather, just bad clothing. So <laughs> I am fully geared up for whatever weather comes my way. That's a good attitude. Um, yeah, I and I, I will tell you. Total side note, I will tell you that the some of the best walks that I've ever had, where I get home and I'm like damn, that was good was, is after like a really hard walk in the, with weather. Really? Because I get home and even though I'm like, Oh, that was hard. It's like, Ooh, that was hard. And that felt Mm. really, really good because it's a workout. Yeah. So, 
Um, and in those walks, you're constantly telling yourself, I can do hard things. I can do this. I can do this. And it's a reminder. You can do hard things because it's really easy to get outside and walk on a beautiful, sunny, amazing, beautiful day. Oh, for sure. It's harder to get out there when it's cold and rainy or blizzardy or shitty or whatever. Yeah. And on those days, when you get outside, that's when you're starting to give yourself your ego, your fixed mindset, the proof that you can do hard things. It's so important. It's so important. No, I I agree with you because I think, I think people should make, that's another habit. I think that's important too, with money. Uh, Again, to me, money is just your energy pattern. It's just like blood sugar and and everything. I mean, if you look at, for example, somebody's blood sugar uh, from a dietitian perspective, you can pretty much infer just from their blood sugar, what kind of habits they have around their stress, what kind of habits they have around their diet. You know, it's just their energy wave and same thing with money too. I mean, uh, and one of the things I think that we can also maybe talk about is your relationship to risk with money and, and courage and sort of, because mm-hmm. courage to mm-hmm. me is, is a, you know, courage is a function of the heart and the heart also rules generosity and gratitude and all these different things that are part of, uh, you know, a healthy relationship with money. And I found, you know, that we have different filters when it comes to, you know, to me, generosity and courage are kind of hand in hand. They're kind of the same virtue in the sense, because you, you have to be courageous to be generous and drop your filters of the situation. You know, sometimes it's hard to be generous in a situation because we have all these filters of, well, you know, I'm going to give $20 to my friend if they need it, but if this homeless person, you know, they may buy crack or booze. I'm not going to give them 20 bucks, you know? So mm-hmm. it's like, we have all these different rules mm-hmm. and filters. And so, or for example, you know, you go to the store Again, yeah, I use this store because it's an easy example, but you, know, you go to the store, you expect to buy a t-shirt for, you know, $10 and they actually, you know, charge you 15. You didn't expect it. So now you're in scarcity mode, even though you have the money, you come to the checkout, uh, you know, and they ask you, Hey, would you like to donate $2 for the St. Mary's food bank, whatever. And, and you're in scarcity mode. So you're like, no, fuck St. Mary's, you know, I'm not going to give them $2 or whatever, you know? So it's just that, that limiting um, mindset, you know, and courage, I think is very important. It's practicing being courageous, even when you're afraid of jumping, you know, and that in general, like that's an important life skill, but that also reflects in money. So I want to get what your take on that is. Yeah. So I guess my take on it, well, what's coming up for me and I'll just share it. it. I don't know if this is really what the answer you're looking for, but what's coming up for me is that our lack mindset, our um, unwillingness to be generous, to be courageous when it comes to money, it's all part of our fixed mindset, our limiting beliefs, the stories that we have, and AKA our past conditioning. And what I like to say about what comes up for us instantly those instant feelings that we actually don't even we're not even aware of coming up but they just come up for us they are attached to stories that don't belong to us they are our parents stories so Mm. unless you have been doing this work for a really long time and you are super duper aware that like where you're initial feelings come from, or you have somehow been able to transform your initial feelings to things, um, your stories about why it's not okay to pay five more dollars for a t-shirt 
when the sign said it was, or, or even in my case, that, so that particular story, part of your story, uh, example really resonated for me because my mother will go to bat with the cashier for 99 cents. Oh my gosh. <laughs> right. Like she will stop. Like everybody has to wait for her Such a waste of energy because the sign, right. And so, yeah, when you said like, oh, suddenly it's $15, not 10. Instantly, I was like, I came up to, well, of course, I'm not going to pay $15. The sign said 10 bucks. <laughs> I'm going to make them go back up. there and do that. <laughs> yeah, totally. Even though I would like to say that I'm constantly living in a, an abundant state. Right, that is yeah. my past conditioning. Yeah. That is my, that is where I come from. That's my past conditioning. It doesn't mean that that's how things always have to be. But what it is, is my past conditioning, my fixed mindset. And the way, like, a, there's so many ways to talk about, like, how to get out of that space. But first mm -hmm. of all, having awareness, as we've been, just been saying, awareness is key, is the number one step before you can make any kind of transformation. You have to have awareness. You don't, if you don't know the story behind that, ooh, I can't pay five more dollars. It says 10 bucks. Yeah. Um, if you don't know that story or that where that like ugh, feeling is coming from, you'll never be able to adjust it. And also understand that when you get like that, that is a low vibe state, baby. Yeah. And money does not like the low vibe state, just like humans don't want to be around the person who's going to be a pain in the ass. Yeah. Like everybody in line is like, here goes that lady who needs to <laughs> 99 cents because the sign said so. So, or the coupons aren't working for 50 cents off of this, you know, like it is like, it is past conditioning because actually at the end of the day, I'm like, what do I care if it's $5 or $10? Yeah, like right. I get to leave it. Like, why do I really care if it had said $15 at the beginning, I would have gotten it anyway. Like, so what does it really matter? But if we don't have that awareness around the story and what I get to do there is say like, where does that story come from? Well, that story comes from the lady who never has enough money unless there's a sale. Yeah. And it's only okay to spend money on frivolous things. And by frivolous things, it's clothes. Like clothes were frivolous things unless you absolutely, you were growing out of your clothes. You know, this is my, my mother hasn't bought a new shirt and I don't even know how long because she wow. has plenty of clothes. Why would she buy new things? Right. So this is a woman who, unless it was on sale and she liked it, then she would buy it. Right. So this is somebody who just, unless it was on sale, then there was no value in it right. in spending that kind of money. So now I have a lot of guilt that I have to work through every single time when I do buy something, a quality shirt that makes me feel and look really good. And it's $70. She would never, she would never. Yeah. And if I, she ever knew that I was buying a shirt with 70, <laughs> that I paid $70, she would call me stupid and, or think I was stupid. She'd judge me hardcore. And that's like, these are all the things that like we have to work through. And I have to get to a place where I'm like, well, I don't care if she's judging me. This shirt makes me feel good. Makes me, and you know, it makes me look good. I feel really great about it, but that's a really hard state to get to even for somebody who's been doing the work for a really long time. So this is just a long way of saying that our lack mindset, our feelings of 
whatever it is that we have to do around money is often because of conditioning of stories that don't belong to us to, because actually my mom's stories about it's okay to spend if it's on sale, but not okay. If it's not on sale, that comes from her mother Yeah, and her mother who lived, who grew up through the depression and who had to hoard a million things. And that's how they grew up with something's on sale. Oh, okay. Well let's get 20 of it. Yeah. It's like, well, I thought you didn't have any money. <laughs> Why don't you just get one? You only need one thing. Well, no, everything's on sale. So now we don't need it forever. So you get it on sale. I thought you didn't have any money. Oh, I have always have money for things on sale. It's so funny right? because, uh, you know, we, we get into these little, little traps of ourselves and it's so hard to see the blind spots because we don't see the, the cost, right? We don't see the cost of the belief, you know, obviously, like you said, you're, and I love how you connected it to that because that's what I was just going to touch on, which is. Anytime we have a belief, there's a reason it's there. And that reason usually has to do with survival somewhere down the low, the, the line, mm. it helped you survive somehow. Obviously, you know, they didn't, they didn't live a thriving life in the depression. They weren't all, you know, abundant and, you know, uh, enlightened. They were trying to survive. It was a crazy time. And so those mm -hmm. beliefs and stories worked to get a result, but they aren't, you know, there to, to help you live an optimal life, to live an abundant life. And so I think the problem with, that most people face. And, you know, I can relate to that. I'm sure you can relate to that every time we've tried to uncover a blind spot, especially in the beginning. I think once you get into the practice of, you know, looking, taking a hard look at yourself and it's not, you know, easy anytime you do it, but I think in the beginning, it's always harder because you've never done that before. And so you've never gotten the practice of thinking, well, what is the, the benefit or, you know, the cost benefit analysis between this belief that I'm holding. Obviously there's a benefit. It's helping me survive. Yes. You know, but, but what is the cost? You know, and that's the part that's hidden. And mm -hmm. so I think, uh, you know, in the beginning when you're doing this work, it's very difficult because you don't think that way. You don't think, well, you know, there's a cost to what I'm doing. Well, of course, there's a cost to everything that you believe. If you believe that you uh, want a great body and you want to have discipline and go to bed early, there's a cost. You're not going to go out late with your friends and get drunk. You know, yeah. if you're going to get drunk yeah. and you want that freedom, there's a cost to that. Guess what? You're going to wake up and feel yeah. like shit and yeah. that's okay. You, you know, be own the fucking cost. Right. So the point is uh, yeah. with those kinds of beliefs, what I find, you know, cause I I'll react to that too. Like, you know, I have my own, just like you, you mentioned, you know, we all have our stories from our parents and especially if something is, uh, you know, if it doesn't make sense, you know, or some, something that's just stupid to me, I'm just like, I'm not going to pay that, you know, <laughs> just like, but I'm like, okay, wait yeah. a minute. You know, I'm not going to change my energy. Like the cost, I see the cost, like yeah. for me to sit there in line for fucking 99 cents, even if it was like $10. I mean, I don't know, whatever, everybody's got a different threshold, but to me, it's like, okay, what is the cost? Not just like the 99 cents. That's like the baseline cost. That's nothing. That doesn't mean anything. The real cost is you're changing your vibration and your, your opportunity cost of future blessings that are coming to you, you know, basically right. of negating those blessings by changing your vibration for however long that is, or attracting more misfortune because you're aligning with negativity and misfortune. It's like, that to me is like, I can't measure that cost. And so I'm not even going to touch it. I'm going to try my best to yeah. like, okay, get out of this as soon as I can do some gratitude, you know, do something to get out of yeah. it because the cost is just way too high. And I think when you can see that it's not easy in the beginning, but when you can see that 
uh, you know, you just like, Oh, I, I don't want to feel like this. So I'm not going to keep pushing this agenda. Like my mom, I, it's so funny. I think it's just the older generation, you know, and you can't blame them. I mean, totally. my parents grew up in communism and, you know, same thing. It was just, uh, you know, you didn't waste anything. And so my mom, <laughs> she's like, she's the return queen. You know, she'll, she'll go return any fucking thing. I swear to God, if it's like a dollar, she'll go fucking return. I'm like, I literally sat down with her. You know, How much well, time did it take you to get yeah, there? Like, what is your that. time I'm like, worth? Yeah. Fuck time. You know, fine. You don't have a job. You know, she's retired. I'm like, but okay, let's do the math. How much does it cost you in gas to go to the store? Yes, and return exactly. It? Okay, gas right. is four dollars right. a gallon. It costs you, you know, let's say one way, you know, a gallon four dollars. This thing is worth, you know, ten dollars. So you're actually getting six dollars back. But then, how long are you waiting in line? Forty-five minutes. Okay, so you just made less than minimum wage to go and return your thing. So it's like that doesn't make any sense to me. But you know what? Yeah. You know, so to some people, it does. So whatever, I guess. Yeah. Well, it's so funny you say that. So I do want to, I want to go back to what you were saying with the cost and the benefits, but I quickly on this, my mom, this last weekend, I was helping her put some stuff in her attic and she hands me this bag of, Ooh, look at this. It's all dollhouse stuff. And I take it and I go for who dollhouse furniture for who keeping it around. I don't know. I don't know. I got it at the thrift store. For whose dollhouse? Like, you know, dollhouses are certain scales. You have to get dollhouse furniture that actually goes with it. She just bought all this dollhouse furniture because it was at the second, the, you know, the, the the secondhand store and everything was just like two bucks each. And I hold up the bag and I said, yeah, how much did you spend? That's interesting. This is not $2. And she said, I don't know, like 25 bucks. I said, okay, the next time you have a feeling like you want to buy shit that does not belong to anybody that you know, that you're literally just going to put it in the attic just in case for some day that maybe somebody has a dollhouse that these things might fit in. I want you to take that $25 and give it to me. Yeah. Because I'll do something way better with that (laughs) money. And she started laughing. I'm like, I'm not kidding. She said, well, I should put it in the savings account. I'm like, whatever, whatever, just either give it to me or put it in the high interest savings account because either one of them is going to do a whole lot more than buying this shit at the secondhand store that nobody wants or needs. She has tubs and tubs and tubs of baby clothes for people. So if you ever need to go to a baby shower, don't go buy anything. Just go up to her attic because she has. But this is the person who I've been hearing from my entire life telling me we don't have any money. Hmm. So I want to go back to um, the, the cost and benefits. What the way I like to say it is that when you say yes to one thing, you're saying no to something else. Yeah. Right. And so we think it's not just with money, but like when you say, so one of the girls in my pro yeah, everything. One of the girls in my program, she lived with her parents and she was on one of our calls talking about how frustrated she was because she had no privacy at her home. And that she like her parents were all over her about what she's doing. She didn't even tell them she was in this program. She has to hide in the basement every time she has a call (laughs) and they just don't. And they have, they're just mean to her. They're not nice to her, blah, 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 blah. But she lives there for free. Yeah. And I said, when you say yes to 
free housing with your parents, you are saying no to a whole lot of other stuff. Oh, yeah, like a whole lot of freedom, <laughs> freedom, privacy, the right to do whatever you want. You get that all those rights when you move out of your parents' house. You yeah. don't get those rights when you live under their house, under their roof for free. And that, but so, okay, well, if I, here's, so here's the other side of that. When you say no to something, you're saying yes to a whole lot of stuff. So mm -hmm. when you say no to your parents that you will not live at home for free, even though you are saying yes to rent and having bills, you're also saying yes to freedom, to opportunity, to being able to be your own person without somebody up your ass all the time. Yeah. So it's kind of, it is that cost and benefits thing, but it's also just like much simpler. Just like when you say yes to one thing, you are saying no to things. When you say when you say yes to a triathlon, you're saying no to partying seven oh, yeah. nights a week. <laughs> but when you say no to partying seven nights a week, you're saying yes to health, yes to your goals, yes to this dream, yes to everything that is on the other side of that triathlon, not just yeah. the triathlon, right? So, yeah. Yeah, 100% with you on that. I mean... I've always thought of a commitment of any kind or a belief. If this can, you know, whatever you believe, I, I feel it's a commitment as well because you're committing to a belief in your mind, but commitments to me are just like a path through space and time. You know, like when you plot a path that goes somewhere, it's not just like this stationary, like, yeah, you know, for example, with money, like I believe that, you know, I can only earn money if I work really hard. All right. That's yeah. just a statement, but mm -hmm. that's not just a statement that's stationary in your mind or on a piece of paper somewhere. Mm -hmm. That's a path through space because based on that belief, yep. you're going to act in a certain way. And that's a predictable way. I mean, you can plot it out on a graph and say, you know, you're likely to make these types of decisions and react this way to certain situations based on this belief. And so every belief you have is a path through space and time. And, and so that, that changes things. Cause if you realize that it really makes you cognizant of like, okay, what do I believe about this? Because it's not just like, you're not passive. You're not a passive passenger with your beliefs. You have to constantly prune them and examine them. Yep. Uh, otherwise you're going to be, it's like, I don't know if you've read, uh, you probably have, but uh, Napoleon Hill's. Yeah. Think and grow books. rich. Yeah. Maybe it's not thinking grow rich. It was something about with the devil. Mm. <laughs> I don't know. It's like, Outwitting oh, the, the dance or, with the devil. Is that what it is? Oh, outwitting, outwitting the, the devil. Outwitting yeah. the devil, I think it's called. And um, I don't know. There's a thing in there about hypnotic rhythm and how basically mm -hmm. he's talking to the devil and the devil's talking to him about hypnotic rhythm, which is sort of this um, basically just being comfortable with your life, you know, letting your life be on autopilot mm -hmm. and just letting the hypnotic rhythm of this materialistic consumer based world take you. And instead of creating, you become created, you know, you, you just kind of your passenger mm -hmm. and you let your beliefs take you, you know, wherever they're going to take you. So you have to constantly prune your beliefs because you are riding that raft on a river yeah. and, you know, it's going somewhere based on where you believe. So it's not just a stationary uh, thing. So anyway. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's, I like to say, you know, everything you, if 
so first nothing changes if nothing changes. Yeah. Right. So then if, if you are constantly going to insist on staying inside of your comfort zone, that is meaning doing the same old, same old all the time, because you know, the, the devil, you know, is better than the devil you don't. And you're right where you are. Then if you are okay with that, if you're okay with staying exactly where you are for the rest of your life, great. I haven't met a person yet who doesn't want to grow, but everything you want is on the outside of your comfort zone. And that means that things need to change and you can't stay inside of that comfort zone where you are hypnotized by the rhythm that you stay. You just keep doing the same old shit every single day. If you want to grow, you have to get uncomfortable. You have to step outside. Yeah. It's the only way. And you have to be willing to fail, especially entrepreneurs. Oh my gosh. If we aren't willing to fail forward and allow failure to actually just be a learning experience. And it's funny. Um, I don't, do you know who Sarah, Sarah Blakely is? Yeah. She's the one who's she, the quote for this episode. <laughs> oh, oh, from me. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yes. So Sarah Blakely is an incredible, she's the CEO, uh, founder and CEO of Spanx. Spanx and she yeah. is, yes. And she is the first self-made female billionaire in the United States. And she owns Spanx hundred percent. She has never taken any outside funding support fundraising for, to build Spanx. And it's a billion dollar company yeah. um, or more. I actually, I'm talking off the top of my head. I know she's a billionaire. I don't yeah, know how much Spanx is. I'm pretty sure she's a billionaire. Yeah. 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 Um, but her whole thing, when people, she does interviews or wherever, she says, my success comes from the willingness to fail forward. She used to, she tells stories about how at the dinner table every day, it was expected of them to share how they failed that day. Yeah, and if they hadn't that failed that day, yeah, if they hadn't failed that day, that was actually the disappointment that her father had for them yeah. was that they didn't try enough to fail. And so they, and then they would have to talk about how they failed, what they learned from that failure. And it's once I heard that, I thought it really resonated with me because I remember when I was interviewing for jobs in New York City, that was one of those questions that you needed to be ready for. Like, what are, what are your biggest failures? What have you learned from them? And I remember thinking like, shit, I don't know what my answer is. And the reason was because I never thought I had failed, even mm. though things didn't work out. I was not perfect. I just never saw any of those challenges that I faced in my life as failures, because to me, it was always an opportunity to grow and learn. And I just happen to be somebody who has always been very brave and courageous and unafraid. And that's just a quality that I have had for a very, since a very young age, but to me, I, I think also it's just, I just had this instinct that failure wasn't like an option because yeah. if it didn't work out, that wasn't failure. It just was, it just didn't work out. Like, yeah. and I learned from it and I'll grow from it. So um, it's too many people are too stuck on failure. And I don't know, that's a whole other thing that it's like digging into why. And it often is because of the stories that their parents told them or the expectations that their parents put on them when they were younger. 
which again, those are not stories that belong to them. Those are the stories that their parents have from their childhood and that they didn't actually fulfill their life dreams, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. There's a quote by Tony Robbins that I like, and it was like, there's no such thing as failure. I think it goes something like this, but he's like, there's no such thing as failure. There's just results. Right. Mm, and it's pretty much just yeah. like, there is whatever happens and it's your job to, to figure out what to do with it. Cause even if you succeed, but you don't do anything with that, then that's a failure too. In my book. Yeah. I mean, if you, if you're, if you succeed at something, but it doesn't impact your character or your mindset, your ability to recreate that success, then what's the point? I mean, yeah. it's gone forever after right. you succeed, after you cross the finish line, it's gone forever in time. So unless you can cross the finish line again, well, what's the point? You know, like I, I see it yeah. as more a practice, like we were talking very early on, just about practicing those basics and having something, whatever happens, whether it's win or lose, you learn something, right? You developed as a person, mm-hmm. you, you gain some wisdom, you know? Yeah. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Totally. Totally. Yeah. Cool. Well, one more question for you. What are you most grateful for today? Sure. Oh, well, I got to tell you, I am so grateful for, I, I moved into a new apartment in January and nice the view that I have of our port. So I live in Portland, Maine and the Portland trail system, which is just like a tons of hiking and, and miles oh, and miles cool. of walking is right outside my window. But what's, what I'm most grateful for is my screened in porch that overlooks all of that. And I today finished building this couch set sectional set that I got from Wayfair that I don't know if you've ever built anything that you've got from Wayfair, but it's just like Ikea. Usually from Ikea. Yeah. Not from Wayfair though. Yeah. Same, same directions are just pictures and it comes in 500 million pieces. So you have to put every single thing together and I did it all by myself and it's all done and I'm ready for warm weather. Nice. Eating dinner on my porch and hanging out, reading books on my porch. So that's cool. Yeah. That's what I'm most grateful for. So, and thank you. I'm very grateful for this time with you. So thank you so much for having me. Yeah, absolutely. It's been a blast. I mean, so much fun. I feel like we could talk for another hour on this stuff. It's so, you know, it's so important. And so, um, you know, it's just such an expansive topic, you know, you can just keep talking about it. So (laughs) totally, totally, totally. Well, thank you. Um, yeah, it's been a blast. I'll have this out probably, uh, I think usually like two months. So, you know, whatever July or something like that, you'll probably be out. Great. Um, and then I, I think you're, I think you're on the list, so you should be getting it when it comes out and you'll, you'll get like regular updates and stuff. So, uh, and you may be interested in this because you're an entrepreneur, but I do, um, payment processing for businesses. Basically I set up like uh, credit card processing and, um, you know, all these different, so I, I don't know if that would be relevant to you, but I'm able to secure like pretty much insider pricing and remove fees from that whole deal and really, really save people money. So if that's something that might be up your alley. I could probably save you some money with your business. Okay. I'll let you know. I work through Kajabi. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if you were familiar with Kajabi, but yeah. it's like one stop shop and that's yeah. wherever I, and Stripe and that's where I do everything. But yeah, they can integrate yeah. with those things in the back end and give you, you know, uh, reporting tools and all kinds of things. So basically I think Kajabi integrates with Stripe most of the time. Yep. Yeah. And mm-hmm. most of the time, if it's Stripe, then 
usually we could save you money because Stripe is a big box, like Stripe and PayPal and stuff. They they do mm-hmm. like a flat rate usually, and it's usually much higher. So um, I don't know what you process per month, but you know if it's if it's decent, then you'll probably be able to save some money um, okay. by not you by not using Stripe. So I don't that might be interesting. Okay. But basically, if that's something that cool. you would want to do, um, I for all you do just online business or do you have like in person business too? Just online, yeah. Just online. Yeah, that's good. For online, um, basically the banks would need like three months of your Stripe merchant processing statements. So mm-hmm. you would just go in there and just basically, you know, send it out. You send it to me if you feel comfortable. I forward it to my team and they do it. Um, and then basically mm-hmm. they would create a cost savings proposal and then take a look mm-hmm. at what you're actually paying in, you know, over the course of three, obviously with internet business, it fluctuates. So that's why they do the three months. If it's in person, they only want one month, but um, with internet businesses, three months. And so they'll give you a cost savings. Then we all sit down on a call like this and go over it. If it's something you want to do, you know, it's pretty straightforward. There's no contracts. There's no, you know, nothing weird. Just basically try to save you money. But if it, if it works great, if not, then, you know, whatever, but that's how the cool cookie crumbles. So cool. Um, yeah, if you want to send me, shoot me an email with some of that information, I'll take a look at it further. That'd sure. be cool. Yeah, I'll send you an email. Okay. Um, pretty much, like I said, you could just, if you do want to do it, you would send all that stuff to me and then I'll forward it to the team. And they usually get it done within like a day or two. And um, the only thing is this month, like with the podcast, I interview, I interview like every three months <laughs> and this is that month. And so I'm, <laughs> into, I'm just fucking stacked. So um yeah just fyi i I would probably do it in june you know i'm trying to save june for all the all the people that are interested in that so um just fyi but yeah anyway so okay sure i think i have your email too so i'll i'll be in touch but hey this was such a such a pleasure so much fun we'll have to do it again sometime okay yeah i mean i could talk about this forever mindset money mindset habits all of it (laughs) So, I know I didn't yeah. even get to like Thank half you. of the stuff that I wanted to ask you, but we I had know. a great, we had a great conversation. So yes. Great. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for your time. Happy Friday. Happy Friday. Take it easy. Have a good one. Thank you. You too. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right, everybody. Well, I hope you enjoyed that episode with my friend, Mary. You know, like I said at the beginning of the episode, your relationship to money is very, very important. And, you know, this is this is something you're going to have to evaluate and what you personally think about money. Some people think that not having money is a big crime. You know, you have to avoid it at all costs. And some people think that having lots of money is a bad thing. You don't want to be a snob and those kind of things. So those, all those are money stories, but you know, ultimately money is neutral. Money is a force. It's energy. It's a tool that can help you create in the world and, uh, and also enjoy, enjoy the world. You know, money is not everything. It really isn't, but it does help with a lot of things. And so our relationship to money is also very important because it's actually our relationship to the world around us. It's the same thing. Money is not this isolated thing. It's energy. And so your relationship to money is going to tell you a lot about your relationship to other things too. And so this is very important. So I hope this episode has served you, given you a couple of golden golden nuggets, some things to check out. 
If you want to get in touch with Mary or check her out, she's on Instagram at mary.teresa.tringale, spelled T-R-I-N-G-A-L-E, and I'll post the link for that on the show notes for this episode. Let's not forget our great quote from the beginning by Sarah Blakely, billionaire seller Sarah Blakely. Instead of failure being the outcome, failure became not trying. And it forced me at a young age to want to push myself so much further out of my comfort zone. You know, this is such an important distinction that she makes here, which is failure is not the outcome itself, but rather not trying. You're always going to get a result no matter what you do. And even if you win, but you do nothing, meaning you don't learn anything from that situation so that you can create more wins in the future, that is also a form of failure, right? So the outcome is secondary to the practice, to the process in between. I've said this so many times, but it really is secondary. So learning to keep trying, keep going, that's really what success is. You know, if you don't try, if you give up, if you quit, if you, you know, make a narrative, make a story, and you shut yourself off from opportunity, that's really the only failure. Everything else is just a result. And how you relate to that result is how you're going to determine the rest of your life. So, hope that's helped you today. Have an awesome rest of your day. And we'll see you on Tuesday for a little Transformation Tuesday. Don't forget, as I always say, your life is a dance. So go out there and dance it well. more inspiration, free resources, and bonus content, stay connected at danceoflife.com.